My name is Milian Mori and welcome to our podcast Warrior Family. We are a family of successful entrepreneurs, visioners, hustlers and leaders. We are compassionate, loving, fearless and determined. We fight for love, profits and a better world. And this podcast was made for future leaders, entrepreneurs, world changers and families all over the world. We gained our wealth by running one of the best network marketing companies in Europe and successfully coaching and speaking empire. Our stories, tips will show you that everything is possible. And this podcast includes all the best sales, marketing, relationship, personal growth, and health advice you can get and interviews with the most successful people in the world. Our motto is, my business is not my family. My family is my business. And we are here to show you how to have it all. Rosenthal, in one case, told the teachers that several students had been identified as the children who would blossom in their learning during the school year. He just told them. The children were not segregated from the other students in any way. More, they were not given special instruction or, or some more advanced curriculum. The teachers were instructed to simply observe these selected children and monitor their progress. In reality, the selected children were randomly chosen and there was no indication that any of them showed any special gifts. However, Rosenthal had planted the seed of higher expectations in the minds of the teachers. This is what happened. Based on these expectations, the teachers believed that these children would excel and non-verbally also projected these higher expectations to them, non-verbally, by thought. The teachers unconsciously gave these children more positive feedback and attention than any other children. More smiles, maybe, more approval, more opportunities and more guidance. The result was that these children experienced higher academic achievement. So other studies have shown that the, re the reverse is also true. So inner city minority children are often expected to be poor schoolers and also some troublemakers and educators unconsciously support that false belief. But if a teacher believes in a child, miracles can often do also, often happens. Miracles can happen. So unfortunately, the Pygmalion effect has also a dark side. So if we expect the worst from people, that's often what we get. We all do this unconsciously. Imagine that you get a new job. Your boss takes you around the office and introduces you to some of your co-workers. If the boss plants an idea in your mind about someone before you get to form your own opinion, you automatically perceive a person to be as they are described a star performer, or grumpy but a hard worker, or great team player, or a loner. Unconsciously, we, we would treat them that way, giving more positive attention to the people who were described in positive terms and less positive attention to those described negatively. The loner might be an introvert and the grumpy hard worker might have some monumental personal struggles. But instead of trying to establish a relationship first, you might unconsciously avoid them because of their description you got before. Our brains are constantly not judging and categorizing the information received through the senses. This is necessary, but in the case of interpersonal relationships, it can be a problem if we make a snap decision about someone. For example, 
if we hear something about someone, we prejudge them. If we have a good experience with someone, any further encounters with this person are colored by the experience and that judgment. It can take quite a lot of effort to overcome this. If, for instance, you, you met someone at a party and they were being a drunk fool, you would make a negative judgment about them. And if you found yourself having to work with this person, you would expect them to behave irresponsibly. And according to the Pygmalion effect, the person would probably act according to your expectations. We all have expectations of the people around us. This is very apparent in romantic relationships too. We enter into romantic relationship with fairy tale expectations. And when those expectations are not met, we become disillusioned, hurt or frustrated or resentful. All thought you cannot force someone to change. You can communicate positive expectations in a positive way and people will often step up and rise to the expectation. So can you pick up on the subtle nonverbal cues that tell you what someone thinks of you? Yes. Although your perception of these clues is also unconscious. We are rarely tuned in consciously to clues like flared nostrils or genuine Duchenne smile or split-second micro-expressions or even obvious body language like crossed arms. Our conscious brain does not get involved. So if you are wondering how someone perceives you, go by your own feelings. Do you feel comfortable or uncomfortable in this person's presence? Do you feel like you are being appreciated or not? Do you feel like this person supports you or is in, in silent competition with you? Do you dismiss in your innermost feeling as make-believe? Your mind-body, your mind and your body, is very, very wise, so heed that wisdom. One question that has not been discussed much in research is the importance of the person's holding expectations. In the Oak School experiment, children were easily influenced by the unconscious expectations of their teachers because the teachers were in a position of authority. In any relationship where we value the other person, are we more likely to be influenced by their expectation than by random strangers? Hmm. Good question. Would the Pygmalion effect be as powerful in an interact with a random stranger? Imagine you are a woman who enters an automobile repair shop because your car needs some transmission work, some repairment. You are judged instantly by the mechanic as you walk in the door, even before you open up your mouth to speak. Unfortunately, many male mechanics automatically assume that women know nothing about cars. Sorry, women. <laughs> the mechanic holds these expectations of you just based on the fact that you are a female and unconsciously treats you with a slightly or overtly condescending attitude. Based on his expectations of your lack of knowledge about cars, how do you respond? Would you, as a knowledgeable woman, make it clear that you are familiar with the inner workings of your car? Or would your behavior change in order to meet his expectation? In other words, would you play dumb? No, of course, this does not apply to every auto mechanic, but it serves the, to illustrate the point that even one-time encounters with random strangers 
are rich with expectations. Think about some instances where you were on the receiving end of someone's prejudgment of you and what your response was. So let's put all of this together. You have seen how the Hawthorne effect, Pygmalion effect, and the placebo no effect, nocebo effects are different ways to understand the power of expectations. Although the approaches are somewhat different, the underlying theme is simple. Raise your expectations and better results will follow. How to use Hawthorne effect to improve your life? First, give yourself positive feedback. Journaling is a wonderful way to keep track of your progress on any goal. Whenever you go back and read your journal entries that are full of encouragement, constructive criticism, praise and motivational words, you will be inspired to try that much harder. Think back of Think back to all of the negative expectations discussed earlier in the chapter as you were watching this. Do you want to become extremely confident in a short period of time? Download my free ebook Warrior Mindset at www.warriorfamily.com and learn the best mental hacks and strategies to build your confidence. We will now change them with a little positive self-talk. So, what we will do? I will probably fail. Change to I expect to succeed. Just keep in mind, please, that failure is a very subjective. You and only you decide if an undesired outcome is a failure or if, it, or if it is a valuable lesson in disguise. If you hold on to the mindset that every failure or every setback an obstacle is a fun challenge and an important part of your success, which will be all the sweeter after having experienced these elements of success. You will view everything as a success. A failed business will become a lesson in how not to. A failed relationship will become an opportunity to find a partner more suited to you. And so on. Let's examine another one. I don't deserve love. You have to change this to... I deserve love. You are choosing to believe that you don't deserve love. What are you doing to yourself? You do not have to believe anything anybody else says about you. And you don't even have to believe the thoughts you are having about love. Love is something that every living thing deserves no matter their past. If you wake up every morning, look at yourself in the mirror, smile and say, I love you. If you take excellent care of yourself physically, Set and uphold your boundaries, care for your emotional and spiritual needs and stimulate yourself mentally. You will show yourself that you are worthy of love. Learn to expect love. It is your birthright. Another one. I don't know how to. Change to I am learning how to. Always keep your inner speech positive and proactive. Give yourself a chance to acquire the skills and knowledge. Don't shut the door by declaring that you don't know how to. Once upon a time you did not know how to walk and talk. You did not know how to speak. You did not know how to read. And here you are today with all of the excuses and limiting beliefs. Another one. I never or I always. You have to change this to... I sometimes. 
much more accurate, wouldn't you say? And add a positive, you know, remember, but statement to it. For example, I sometimes fail, but I am always open to trying alternative approaches. Or I sometimes screw up, but I'm learning from my mistakes, so I won't repeat them. It's much better. Would you agree? Athletes who are being cheered on by their fans may feel a lot of expectations. And this can backfire in the athlete trying too hard, maybe, sometimes, not to make a mistake. Instead of remaining focused on the best performance they can give at the right moment. But if an athlete has the right mental conditioning in place, game day jitters can be turned around to positively influencing performance. This conditioning involves a tremendous amount of mental rehearsal in addition to physical training, rehearsing the process, anticipating every moment and every feeling and being prepared. This relaxes the athlete and he or she begins to expect being in the zone during competition. That wonderful state of flow where everything goes right. Then the athlete can be more instinctive and not overthink their performance based on the fans' expectations. I know a couple of them. How to use placebo effect to improve your life? Choose to believe that your approach works but be open to better alternatives. Suspend your doubts and go for it. Even if one approach proves ineffective, so what? There are other approaches and you have just learned something. Give yourself some appreciation for the lesson. Choose to expect that your goals will be achieved no matter how daunting they may seem at first. You can choose to view every step you take as an important step toward your goal. Even if the, that step results in failure, it's not a failure if you benefit from it. Remember this. Committing to an approach doesn't mean you go blundering blindly, doing something just for the sake of doing something. And it doesn't mean stubbornly clinging to one approach if you realize it is not working. It means having the vision of what you want to achieve in your mind and believing that your approach will take you there. It means being acutely aware of your intuition and your environment for direction and resources and taking your ego out of this so that if you realize you are moving in the wrong direction, you can be grateful for the reroute instead of letting pride insist that you are right no matter what. Use positive self-talk at all times. Never give up into the temptation to belittle yourself. Even if you are disappointed with your effort and you know you could have done better, it is enough to say, you know, I can do better next time. Instead of, oh, I'm such an idiot, I should have tried harder. <laughs> Be very aware of your inner speech. Chatter. Don't activate the nocebo effect by saying things like that won't work or it is hopeless. Guaranteed, those will be your results. Incorporate the following words and phrases into your speech to activate the placebo effect. So guys, listen. Yes, can, it works, or great, or play, or I am succeeding or confident, or positive, cooperate, effective, efficient, proactive, now, assured, improve, improving.
better, great, wonderful, success, adventure, fun, challenge, exciting, or learning, or happy, or possible, or light, or strong, or, or powerful. It takes practice to train yourself to focus on the positive or to visualize the desired outcome. It may help to stop allowing negative outside influences to sway you. Don't watch the news, <laughs> please. You can always find out what is going on in the world from a positive friend. <laughs> also avoid negative people. Surround yourself with inspiration from people who have achieved what you want to achieve. Photos, memoirs, movies, etc. Find a mentor who will guide you. And above all, trust yourself. Trust your intuition, trust your gut instincts and any inspirations you have. Influence your expectation of a positive outcome by choosing to make it fun and exciting. Make whatever it is an adventure and approach it with a playful attitude. This truly works even, if, even in very serious situations, trust me. You can take this approach even when things seem like hopeless. Harness the power of your imagination and expect that your cleverness, ingenuity, openness, curiosity on, and perseverance will help you find a way to create a more pleasing outcome. Physical ways to use the placebo effect. Use a power stance. You may be familiar with the Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian Man. Da Vinci believed that the workings of the human body are an analogy for the workings of the universe. So is the microcosm man, so is the microcosm universe. The Vitruvian man is portrayed in two stances layered on top of one another. In one, the man stands with legs together and arms stretch out like that at shoulders height. Superimposed on that stance is a man with a wide powerful stance with legs slightly more than shoulder width apart and arms stretch up and outward as if to embrace the sky. This power pose, we call it power pose, has been shown to cause a psychological change and increases your confidence in just a minute. It stimulates the release of testosterone with normal levels for both men and women. And an increase in testosterone gives the individual more energy, sharpens mental faculties and activates power-related behaviors, taking risks. To do this power stance, stand with your legs spread in a strong athletic stance, stomach in, chest out, chin up, eyes straight ahead and arms up and stretch at a 45 degrees angle from the shoulders. Okay, like that. Hands open to grasp the world. Hold this stance for two minutes, breathe deep into your abdomen, feeling your personal power increase. This stance appears both strong and vulnerable as you're open to whatever life throws at you. Being both strong and vulnerable is not really a contradiction. If you want more money, more success, more love, etc., you have to open yourself up. Make yourself vulnerable to the rejection as well to acceptance, success as well as failure. Either way, you are ready to take it on and benefit and grow from what happens. Word of caution, do not use the, the Vitruvian man stance in public as it can be perceived as a very aggressive and it might send the wrong message to people. However, use it in private to prepare yourself for being 
before any stressful situation, maybe before competition or when you need an energy boost, uh, when you need some courage, when you feel mentally sluggish or whenever you want to improve your mood. Okay, so the next way to use the uh, placebo effect, the physical way is smile, (laughs) smile. Start every single day with a powerful placebo, your own wonderful smile. Smile at yourself in a mirror. Yes, before you make yourself presentable, love and smile at yourself as is first thing in the morning and say, I love myself. Like the power pose, a smile has a very real psychological effect and will raise your mood within minutes. Even if you start off with a fake social smile like that, if you hold it, the smile will soon morph into a genuine, eye-crackling, douching smile, the real infectious, gorgeous smile that makes everyone feel good and lights up the room. These are two very powerful psychological and physical placebos that you can and you should use on a daily basis to improve your life. How to use the nocebo effect to improve your life? How to use, you ask? No, don't use it at all! Avoid all negative self-talk and low expectations. Support and empower yourself with a positive self-talk and positive expectations. Learn to value failure and struggle as the lessons they are and you won't be tempted to base your future results on past failures. You know, avoid using the following words like and strike them from your vocabulary. For example, No, I can't, I won't fail or struggle or work sacrifice or trouble or maybe later or never or always or stuck problem or worse or awful or bad or roadblock or boring or hard or frustrated or impossible and don't or even helpless. Okay, don't use those words, please, don't use them. How to use the Pygmalion effect to improve your life? So how can you use the Pygmalion effect to improve your life? No matter what you have been told about someone or what your first impressions are about someone, choose to see the best in them first. If you have an immediate negative reaction to the person, ask yourself why. It could be because of a long-seated prejudice that has nothing to do with the person. For example, if you had problems with a childhood classmate named Susan, and then later in your life uh, your boyfriend ran off with a woman a woman named Susan, you might automatically create a negative judgment against all women named Susan. Humans are very prone to these kinds of blanket judgments. Ultimately, all they do is harm you. Really? What if you were hospitalized with a heart disease and your cardiac surgeon's name was Susan? Would that affect your attitude toward her? Yes, it would. And you may be inadvertently activate the nocebo effect. Choose to raise above that judgment. Choose to override the immediate snap judgment that your brain makes by being curious. Take the attitude of, I wonder why the universe has brought this particular person into my life. What is the benefit here? 
It is not always easy to overcome old judgments, but if you try, you will see that giving people the benefit of the doubt is always the best course of action. Many a wonderful relationship began a strong mutual dislike at first, but as people give each other a chance, the real person emerges and the new expectations are formed. Apply the Pygmalion effect to yourself too. For example, expect to succeed in every endeavor. Does this sound impossible? It's not if you choose to perceive failure as a lesson and how not to do things. If you choose to see failure in a positive light as a stepping stone or important lesson, then you cannot fail. As Thomas Edison once said, I have not failed, I have found 10,000 ways that didn't work. Many people have succeeded when, they, when nobody believed in them, nobody that is except themselves. Another way is to expect to give your best effort. If you go into something with an uh, I will try, I will try attitude, you unconsciously give yourself permission to quit. Go into it with an I will attitude. Another one is expect to enjoy the process. Any goal, large or small, doesn't matter, will require some effort and the more fun you make the process, the more you will enjoy the goal. Climbing a mountain isn't all about the view from the summit, it is about the experience of every step, even the steps taken with sure blistered feet, yes. Your beliefs and thoughts are tremendously important. What is so fascinating about the mind is that your beliefs and thoughts are all constructs of your imagination. You are simply choosing to believe X, Y or Z, but the truth is you can change your beliefs and thoughts about yourself, about your potential, about other people, about anything you want and therefore change your expectations. Always remember that. Your thoughts may be things in that they have very real consequences, but the thoughts themselves are malleable. You can change them anytime you want. Act as if with yourself and with people around you. Changing your perspective in order to change your expectations is a way to harness the immense power of your imagination for your highest good. We communicate our expectations consciously and unconsciously, so if you enter any relationship with positive expectations and treat people accordingly, their self-esteem will improve and they themselves will come to believe in their word. Yes, it's so powerful. The Hawthorne effect and the placebo effect and the nocebo effect and the Pygmalion effect, they all illustrate the power of the mind to somehow bend reality in accordance with the findings made by the quantum physics. And the double slit experiment is one classic example of something, in this case light, behaving both as a particle and a wave, depending on whether the experiment was being observed or not. Or if the experimenter was present and was projecting his expectations on the light, it would behave accordingly and change its behavior when the experimenter was not there. Expectations and intention. Intentions are desires. You can set your intention to be in a happy relationship. You can set your intention 
to achieve a lifelong dream, to be happy in, in any given situation and so forth. But an intention is a declaration of what you want. We are taught to set our intentions and to work toward those. And while this is correct, expectations and intentions are not the same thing. Intentions are the desire. This is what I want, for example. And expectations are the emotional state that allows the intention to manifest or not. If your expectations are aligned with your intentions, intentions, then the desire will manifest. All of the right forces will come into play to get you to take action on the dream, desire, expectation, and belief, faith, and you will be motivated. You will be eager. You will cheerfully make it happen. But only if your expectations and intentions are aligned. Think about a dream you have. Doesn't matter big or small. Closely examine your expectations around it. Are you expecting to succeed or are you expecting to fail? Probably your thoughts are something like this. Very much wanting to succeed and hoping, wishing that you succeed, but secretly or openly doubting that you cannot do it. Do you have trouble reaching your goals? I have a surprise for you. Download my free ebook Goal Setting for Warriors at www.warriorfamily.com and you will know how to set, plan and reach even your biggest goals. Think back to a goal you achieved in the past. In this case, your expectations and your intentions were in perfect alignment. It is okay to have moments of doubt, of course. But your dominant, th dominant thoughts have to be yes. They have to support your intentions with expectations of success. Starting now to set your intention to raise the bar. So raise your expectations, whatever they are. So here are two short exercises in creating new, better expectations. First exercise is become aware of something negative you thought about someone or a negative expectation you have about them. For example, you are introduced to a new co-worker who appears to have a very arrogant, know-it-all attitude. Your job is to train this individual in their tasks. Your brain flash analyzes the, this person and immediately comes to an, I don't like you, you are arrogant and we will never work well together. Conclusion. So you instinctively recall. You expect that you will be butting heads with this person as they try to insist that their way is superior and they don't need your instruction. Unconsciously, you are setting the stage for that very scenario. Catch yourself. It's not too late to change your expectations. Another way is change your expectation even just a little. Choose to believe that instead of arrogance, the person is really very shy and is just masking that shyness with an overly bold and commanding attitude. Choose to believe that by establishing a friendship with this person, his or her shield will lower and you will be able to connect. And that, <laughs> that they will teach you just as much as you can teach them. In this way, you create an expectation of cooperation. Another exercise is 
focus on their feelings you will have with higher expectations. For example, if you are tired after work and don't feel like going to the gym, remember how you always feel good a few minutes after you start working out. Let that feeling drive your action. Another great feeling that comes with a higher expectation is the feeling of accomplishment. Even a, a, a tiny victory feels good. Challenge yourself to expect just a little bit more and then allow yourself to bask in the glow of accomplishment. Use expectations to change your beliefs. While it is true that your beliefs determine your expectations, you can use upgraded expectations to change your beliefs. Work it backward. Train yourself to expect just a little better in any, any, any given situation. Instead of expecting to have problems navigating in the new city because you firmly believe that you are terrible at reading maps, change your expectation to enjoy exploring the city in a roundabout way. You will still be lost, but a fun lost instead of a frustrated lost. You have just transformed the experience of being lost from an exercise in self-loathing why I'm such an idiot to why can't I read map to an, an adventure. Instead of expecting your kids to become sullen and rebellious when they hit their teenager years, expect them to be on the journey of self-discovery. Yes, they will make mistakes sometimes big ones, but if you look at their mistake as self-discovery instead of a parenting failure on your part, your attitude toward your kids will be more relaxed, more accepting, more trusting, unconditionally loving, and they will pick up on that vibe, I, 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 I assure you. Whenever you notice that you are holding a negative expectation, use the above exercise, uh, the previous exercise, and use the expectation as a way of identifying the underlying belief. Then work backwards by raising the bar of your expectation to challenge and to change the belief. Beginner's luck. Have you ever had experience of beginner's luck? So. Here is a scientific explanation as to why beginner's luck is a very real phenomenon. When you do something for the first time, you do not have any preconceived disempowering beliefs, no negative experience, no expectations at all, and no attachment about what you are doing. You are well aware that you are a beginner and your skills are not developed, and your attitude is one of curiosity and wonder. You are interested in the moment and in the experience itself, not so much in the outcome. This lack of negative expectations makes you relaxed and present and focused. It allows you to fully experience and enjoy what you are doing at the moment, and nothing stands in the way of your efforts. Imagine a baby just learning to walk. If she had expectations of failure, I might fail on my bottom and I might not be able to do this. She would never even try. But a baby doesn't hold such limitations in her mind. She is completely focused on the experience. And even if she fails on her bottom many times, she does not start to think like some self-defeating thoughts. She simply gets up and tries again. Until the magical moment when she runs into the mother's arms. Wow. Do you remember this? So take a childlike beginner attitude to life.
sure you have got amazing experience under your belt, but whenever you expect to not be good at something, you actually hinder your performance. If you feel the need to expect an outcome, expect this, to enjoy the moment. Expect to enjoy the experience. Expect to learn. Uh, forget about the outcome and detach from it. It will take care of itself. Trust me. In other words, expect miracles. Are you open to miracles? As adults, we have become somewhat immune to miracles. Do you agree? We don't see them in our daily lives, even though they are there. And we see miracles as happening to others, not to us. Miracles can be extraordinary events that come along once in a while to other people. But don't be blind to the many miracles in your own life, miracles that occur on a daily basis. Many people think of miracles in terms of miracle cures or incurable diseases. But, and it's hard to see miracles when you have got a big black cloud of worrying of worry hanging over your head it's not easy the dictionary defines miracles as wonderful or surpassing examples of some quality and surpassing and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws a wonderful or surpassing example of some quality really means if you choose to believe the best, if you expect the best, you will see or experience the best. The other definition of surpassing uh, and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws involves suspending your doubt and allowing the miracle to happen. Just because you don't understand how something can occur does not mean it is impossible. However, if you expect to not receive a miracle because you believe you don't deserve it or because it is impossible, then you won't receive it. Your thoughts are incredibly powerful, even if you are not aware of their power. You can learn to shift your attitude about miracles. You can learn to expect miracles by becoming grateful. But be grateful for the wonderful synchronicities that you have experienced. The right place at the right time occurrences, coincidence, so-called coincidences, the chance conversations with random strangers, the vital information that came to you uh, or out of them. Be grateful for the challenges you have faced because without those you would not be in the position to see and appreciate that miracles are everywhere. You can have some fun with this, really, trust me. Take the pressure off yourself to create miracles and pretend that miracles are everywhere and that they are occurring daily in your life. Be open to miracles as something normal and expected. Delight in them as a child delights in wonderful and new experiences. In fact, if you take a childlike approach of wonder, curiosity and delight, you automatically open yourself up to a perspective of abundance, gratitude and high expectations. Do you still doubt that everything is a miracle? Really? Just look at your body. It is a miracle that every morning when you wake up, you are breathing. What kept you breathing during your sleep? 
It is a miracle. What keeps you breathing when you are not thinking about your breathing? Your breath alone is a miracle. What about your digestive system that knows exactly how to process nutrients from the food you eat and send them in precisely the right proportions to the right organs? What about the innate intelligence of your cells, which know their purpose and how to carry out that purpose? What about your brain that can instantly process incredible amounts of input from your sensory organs and make sense of the world around you? What about your thoughts? How is that an idea that exists in your thoughts can possibly manifest as a physical thing or experience? How is this possible? How is that your thoughts can create physical changes in your body? It's a miracle, isn't it? Miracles are inevitable. You already know from the nocebo effect that if you expect trouble, trouble will find you. Is not it much more pleasing to expect miracles than trouble? To expect the best to happen instead of the worst. If you appreciate the everyday miracles, you will open yourself to the big ones too. Anytime you doubt, just look around you and consider the miracles in the inventions around you that make your life easier. The miracle of cognitive abilities. There are so many things you can choose to see as a miracle. Finally, be okay with receiving. Not many people are comfortable with receiving. We have been taught that giving is noble and that receiving is selfish. But if you are on the giving end, there has to be a receiver too. Why do you hold yourself back from receiving? Do you expect not to receive? Or do you believe you are not worthy? The natural cycle of giving and receiving shouldn't be stopped by self-limiting beliefs and law. So be okay with receiving. Start with being okay with receiving small things like a com compliments. And gradually as you get used to receiving, you will come to expect that whatever miracles you desire will happen to you. Focus on the feelings. Ultimately, it is feelings that drive action. You can have all the logical reasons in the world, but unless you expect to feel good, you won't do anything. So to change your expectations, think about how good it feels to expect more. It feels good to expect more cooperation. It feels good to expect more money. You can change your expectations in incremental steps as you see improvement in the situation. Remember that all of these psychological phenomena like a Harton effect, like a nocebo effect, like a placebo effect and Pygmalion effect are all intertwined. When you make a negative judgment against yourself, you make it against others too. When you create a negative expectations about others, you create a negative expectation about yourself also. Use this mantra whenever you find yourself holding negative judgments and expectations. And the mantra is, as I am with one thing, I am with everything. As I am with one thing, I am with everything. Use your imagination to perceive the interconnectedness of everything. 
Choose to expect the best from yourself and from others. Choose to detach from any expected outcome and simply enjoy the moment. Get the most out of each step that takes you to your destination. Your attitude and your expectations shape your reality. Your attitude and your expectations shape your reality. Choose to expect the best and you will see the best. It is important for you to realize that your life experience is a cluster of raw data and your interpretation of this. Throughout your lives and throughout our lives, each experience is built on others that are similar to it and creates a very complex network of expectations about future events. Your expectations dictate your experience and your experience influences future expectations. Your experience will be different if you change your expectations positively then future expectation will lean in the positive direction. Resources from this interview are available online. Visit www.warriorfamily.com and download the free book Lessons from Millionaires with all the resources mentioned in the interview. If you want to be a warrior who has it all, visit www.warriorfamily.com and download my ebooks for free. Learn all about warrior productivity, habits, mindset, marketing, and sales strategies, confidence boosters, and many other things. I promise that you won't be disappointed. More valuable content is waiting for you on my social media profiles. Instagram, Smillion Mori, YouTube and Facebook, Smillion Mori, Warrior Family, Twitter, Smillion Mori, and LinkedIn, Smillion Mori.